0: Oh my God.
1: You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio.
0: I'm sick of this stuff. We have to talk about it because the American people think the reason for inflation is government spending more money. Simply not true. According to the latest monthly
2: poll conducted by the Global Strategy Group and North Star Opinion Research, some 61% of respondents said they disapproved of Biden's handling of the economy, while only 36% approved. 80% of fiat money printed in U.S. history was printed under the Biden administration.
3: 80% of the currency issued since our founding happened the last three years. That's a path towards Zimbabwe or Weimar Republic.
2: Add to that looming catastrophe the emergence of BRICS swallowing up half of the world's GDP by 2040. Well, maybe the U.S. will tighten its belt and continue to innovate with American exceptionalism. Not so fast.
4: The idea that... Um...
2: That is where the O'Biden treason works its magic, shilling for the new world order. The
0: affirmative task we have now is is to actually um, uh, create uh, uh, a new world order. According to Biden's
2: executive order on ensuring responsible development of digital assets signed over a year ago, quote, Biden's administration places the highest urgency on research and development efforts into the potential design and deployment options of a United States Central bank digital currency. Meanwhile, the flurry of activity towards global digital neo feudalism has been working overtime. On November 8th of this year, the United Nations, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and partners of the Rockefeller Foundation launched a campaign to put the world on the path to digital ID, digital payments, and data sharing rollouts in 50 countries under a digital public infrastructure by 2028.
5: DPI starts with the following foundational components. Verifiable digital identification that proves who you are, protects your rights, and opens the door to economic opportunities. Real-time payments that allow people, government, and businesses to instantaneously send and receive payments. And trusted data exchange that allows for information and data to flow securely and seamlessly. Together, these foundational components form an interconnected digital network that can spur countries. To build resilient economies and drive impact across all sectors for everyone.
2: The United Nations Development Program plans to implement digital IDs by the year 2030 globally. According to Reclaim the Net, the IDs will be mandatory for those that want to
4: participate in society. But what does central bank digital currency look like? You see? So they never talk about that because people won't actually like the looks of it. Yeah. And the final stage is, you know, it's, it's small and it's the size of a, a grain of rice.
6: All around the world, central bank digital currencies are either in pilot scheme or um, executive order stage in the States, or they're floating under the radar.
0: Every person that I come in contact with in the public, I ask them, do you know what a CBDC is or a central bank digital currency? And nobody knows.
7: Such a system would give the state full access to the details of all transactions as well as the ability to cut off an individual's money supply with the flick of a digital switch.
6: The key difference with the CBDC is that central bank will have absolute control on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that expression of central bank liability. And also, we will have the technology to enforce that.
4: If you're not allowed to go more than five kilometres from your home, your car or your money won't work more than five kilometers from your home, and that those rules can be dictated and controlled at a phenomenally central level.
8: In times of crisis, the role of governments is more important. And more relevance than ever.
2: This is their god awful horrible plan based on climate pseudoscience and unrelenting detached elitist hubris, fueled by eugenics and Luciferian lunacy. A plan that will lead to a national divorce in the United States, untold global starvation, massive uprisings, and ultimately, after great tribulation, the end of the decrepit elite slave master architects and their inheritors who started the whole pointless abomination in the first place. John Bound reporting.
4: With your host, Chase Geyser. Watch live right now at band.video.
3: Well, one of the leading patriots in Congress, the great Marjorie Taylor Greene is our guest for just one segment. And of course, she brought forward articles of impeachment that narrowly got shot down by traitorous Republicans, eight of them yesterday. She got a new book out. I want to get into the incredible hearings that I followed a lot of yesterday. That we heard uh, some of uh, on the War Room yesterday uh, on the poison shots and and the, the, the medical doctors and scientists up there about heart attacks, infertility, destroying women's menstrual cycles. I mean, it was I, I was able to watch about an hour of the hearing. I'm told it was just was super powerful. What I missed, so she joins us now. But hey, we haven't impeached Mayorkas yet, but we're putting heat on him for human trafficking and so much more. So Uh, Congresswoman Green, thank you so much for joining us.
9: Thank you for having me on, Alex. It's always an honor to be on your show.
3: Where where should we start?
9: Well, you just pointed it out. I think one of the biggest things that Americans are outraged about is the fact that eight feckless Republicans voted with the Democrats to kill my articles of impeachment against Secretary Mayorkas. And and I I can't even I can't even make it up. No one can understand it. Uh, these four of the eight, I want you to know, I got a list right here. I got to talk about it. Four of the eight serve on the judiciary committee, Alex. And the judiciary committee is where my articles of impeachment have been sitting there collecting dust for six months, along with other articles of impeachment against Mayorkas. So, so we have Ken Buck, uh, from Colorado. We all know about him. He's not running again. We have Daryl Issa from California. You would think a California Republican would want to impeach Mayorkas. Um, But no, he voted with the Democrats and he serves on the Judiciary Committee. We also have Tom McClintock, uh, a man that calls himself a constitutional conservative. Well, I'd like to inform people that impeachment is in the Constitution and it should be used. Um, And we've also got John uh, Duarte. Uh, from California, another California judiciary member. Uh, I can't even understand it, Alex. It's outrageous. Um, they sent the articles of impeachment back on the shelf in the Judiciary Committee where all articles of impeachment resolutions go to die. And I think these people deserve being named. They deserve being shamed. And all of their constituents and voters now know where their uh, representative stands on impeaching Secretary Marcus, and securing our southern border. And they know that these eight Republicans could care less. How many people die every single day from Biden's open border policies and Secretary America's the biggest traitor in our country making sure that the gateway to America stays open and our country gets flooded with terrorists, cartel members, and people we don't even know who they are. Um, So that happened last night. Travesty, outrage, shame, shame on these eight Republicans.
3: I was watching just a few weeks ago, Senate hearings, and and I followed the news, but they were they had the the, the deputy heads admitting 400,000 missing children, uh, tens of thousands they know of in in human slavery, working at factories 16 hours a day, sleeping on the floor, many tens of thousands others in sex slavery. They've got Senate reports confirming it. And then Mayorkas just sits up there, and, and as, as you know, celebratory meetings with the Democrats where they hail him for, quote, securing the border. I mean, if we can't impeach Mayorkas, if, if the Republicans can't get the votes, this is outrageous.
9: Yeah, it is outrageous, and it shows the American people what the Republican Party is. And it shows the American people what a failure the Republican conference is. I'm absolutely disgusted. You know, many people are losing hope. They don't even want to vote for Republicans anymore. They want to vote for President Trump. And and I totally agree with them. But it's like, what is what are Republicans doing in Washington if they can't even impeach Mayorkas? Um, it's, it's absolutely pathetic. But you know what we are doing this week, um, Alex? Our new speaker is bringing a clean CR to the floor so that they can do a bipartisan vote, and continue funding the Biden administration's communist regime that's attacking American citizens every single day, attacking patriots like you, Alex, locking up uh, incredible patriotic Americans like Owen Schroer, chasing down January 6th people that walk through the cap- Capitol, them in the streets of their towns uh, with tanks, uh, helicopters, um, SWAT teams, I mean, I am so disgusted with our Congress and set up with Republicans that I wanna make sure that every single person knows how to vote and who they want to vote for. Uh, next time around the White House, it's time to clean house. And the only way to clean house is get rid of the feckless Republicans that fail Americans every single day because they think we need more committee hearings. And I serve on the Homeland Committee as if we need to talk to more witnesses that had their family members murdered by the cartel or, or two constituents like mine that were killed by a 17-year-old cartel member smuggling illegal aliens into Texas or, or talking to children um, to fentanyl poisoning. It's like, how much more? How many more Americans have to die before home death, death completely disconnected Republicans in Congress figure out how to do their job for the American people.
3: You've introduced multiple articles of Memory Serves, right? Other impeachment articles have been entered. It would be such a win for Republican morale, America's morale, and it's the right thing to do to impeach Biden, Mayorkas, uh, Granholm. I mean, they're they're all up there committing massive crimes in front of everybody, but we know what it is. They tried to take you off the ballot. They failed. They've indicted Trump. Uh, we know the Justice Department loves to indict Republican congressmen and women to do the right thing. I don't think I know that they're intimidated and they don't have the courage you and a few other members of, of you know, Congress uh, have. And I, I don't know how we break the back of the cowardice uh, that we see going on, because they should be more concerned about the end of the country if we continue down this road.
9: No, you're right. They should be extremely concerned, but apparently they're not concerned enough. Daryl Issa said today that I'm a hardworking member of Congress, but I lack maturity. Well, I think we can say that Daryl Issa lacks balls. Uh, That would be the more accurate quote. Um, You know, while he thinks I lack maturity, he's ignoring the fact that Americans are dying every single day. We have got to do something about losing our country. And we have millions of people, over 1.8 million gotaways, and we can't, ki- we can't keep this going.
3: Well, uh, Congresswoman, shifting gears into the great hearings you had, uh, my great, that were horrifying, the hearing you had yesterday on the COVID shots. Tell people about that hearing, because I was only able to watch an hour of it. Uh, but the findings I saw from these metal doc- medical doctors and scientists was just horrifying.
9: It is horrifying, and you want to know, this is one of the top issues that people care about is what happens with the COVID vaccines, um, injuries, and deaths, and it is completely ignored in Washington by the FDA, the CDC, the Biden administration, and most members of Congress because they take their donations from Big Pharma, uh, and this is, this is another outrage. You know, people died. People are living today with... Complete disabilities from these COVID vaccines, and the manufacturers made billions of dollars off of American uh, hard-earned tax dollars because they were funded by the government, and then the government mandated the vaccines. I-, I could not get my COVID Select Committee to do hearings on the vaccines. I've asked and asked, and so I took it in my own hands and decided to hold a hearing yesterday. and And this is just the beginning. We'll be having more of these hearings. And I look forward to basically um, running shadow Congress, Alex. That's what I'm starting to call it, shadow Congress, because we're doing the real work, and I'm going to continue to do the real. Well, I love
3: work. how how that particular Republican said you lack maturity. I guess maturity and evil then to to know that Mayorkas has bulldozers in South Texas. Ramming down barbed wire put up by the governor in Texas, and he's far from perfect, but way better than Mayorkas. Bulldozers ramming down barbed wire. Literally, they ended the DNA testing, as you know, three months ago, where they could do it in one day to see if somebody was actually a family member. When there's no ID, they're giant human trafficking, sex slavery, slave labor trafficking. And then you lack maturity for trying to punish the arrogant head of the agency. today at InfoWarStore.com, either signed as a fundraiser, and I thank you for the support, or unsigned. But whatever you do, take action now. We're fighting for you, but we can't keep on if you don't support us. So please, get the historic book now. Go now to infowarstore.com and get The Great Awakening. The Great Awakening at InfoWarsStore. Please uh, remember, we are listener-supported, and we've got something back in stock that everybody needs. That is so good to have in your medicine cabinet. supports the broadcast. We've got the best 30 parts per million colloidal silver out there. It's Silver Bullet. It's at InfoWarsStore.com. And if you want to support the show, plus have something in your medicine cabinet, have to give to others. It's topical. You can also take it orally. Uh, it is. It really does a lot of amazing things. Anti-infection, you name it. Nothing's a Silver Bullet, but it's as close to a Silver Bullet as you're going to get. Silver Bullet, back in stock, discounted. InfoWarsStore.com. Dot com And we also have BrainForce Ultra, the incredible, fast-acting, nootropic back in stock, 60% off part of the big sale. The new sale we've got, immune support, organic, green fibers, 50% off. Those are both incredible. Vitamin D3 gummies, amazing. Infowarsstore.com or 888-253-3139,
4: Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video.
10: Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning. So much going on as always. People ask me sometimes, how do you do a three-hour show, five days a week? I used to wonder the same thing about Harrison when I watched. And he was hosting the show, of course, he'll be back as soon as Owen is back from his federally sponsored vacation. And the fact of the matter is there are so many new headlines, so many new developments every day in this sort of climax of the American story that it's not that difficult to talk about everything that's going on. And frankly, I don't make it through the stack most days. Just like Alex says about his 15, sometimes 30 stacks on his desk every day. It's impossible to get through everything that the New World Order is trying to do. So let's start with something fun. Nikki Haley, who calls the anonymous social media posts a national security threat... And says she will force every person to be verified by their name. We're going to run clip two in a second. GOP presidential contender Nikki Haley raised eyebrows Tuesday after claiming anonymous posts on social media pose a threat to national security. Let's go into clip two and see how Nikki Haley is proving herself to be nothing more than the Patriot Act in heels.
5: When I get into office, the first thing we have to do, social media accounts, social media companies,
9: they have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing. The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's, first of all, it's a national security threat. When you do that, All of a sudden, people have to stand by what they say, and it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots, and the Chinese bots. And then you're going to get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say. Accountability. And they know their pastor and their family member is going to see it. It's going to help our kids,
5: and it's going to help our country.
10: Mm, accountability, accountability. Whenever I hear the government advocate for something like accountability, it always means that there's going to be some infringement of our rights, that there's going to be some pressure on the American people on behalf of this political class. I frankly feel appalled that we would have a GOP candidate for the president of the United States use such rhetoric. It's disgusting to me, after everything we've seen from the Patriot Act, with the mass surveillance of the American people, with the mass surveillance of conservative candidates, by way of unlawful, unfair FISA warrants based off of lies from political opponents, that we would have somebody on our side, allegedly on our side, advocating that there be some sort of surveillance or accountability for the things that we say on social media. Not just because there should be a right to privacy and anonymity on the internet, but because we know that the government can definitely figure out who you are on your Twitter account or on your Facebook or Instagram or YouTube account without you having to show the public your name. So this is basically just a forced doxing. After all, if you know someone's name, you can go to whitepages.com and figure out what their phone number is and what their address is by paying $4.99. So this would publicly reveal who everyone is on the internet, where everyone lives, and how to get in touch with them on the internet. Why would she be advocating for that? What is it that the left or the enemies of America in her eyes have said or done on social media that she thinks a measure like this would result in some sort of increase in justice or betterment for the American people? Frankly, the fact of the matter is, it seems to me at least, she's sick and tired of the trolls that are giving her hell on X.com because she's running against President Donald Trump, the candidate everybody actually wants. So out of her bitterness for the fact that she's not going to win this campaign, out of her bitterness for all of the trolls on the internet who have been antagonistic to her in her replies, similar to the replies you see for any DeSantis post, she wants everybody to be doxxed for botting or trolling her because she's just frustrated and can't take the heat. Frankly, I think this is just indicative of being thin skinned. This is the type of weakness that we see from the hypersensitive left constantly. But to see it from her is really, really disappointing. And I saw her speak about 10 years, eight years ago in Nashville, Tennessee. And everyone was so impressed with this darling of the Republican Party, this new star among the, the GOP. But I tell you, if you can't really. Identify in your mind why it is that you know someone's name in the political sphere. If you can't identify in your mind or explain to yourself how someone came to prominence, the chances are that person came to prominence because of the deep state. If someone just sort of comes out of nowhere, all of a sudden has a massive amount of power and support, oftentimes it seems that the deep state is responsible for that person's rise. It's obvious to me, based off of her comments yesterday, that she knows who her real audience is. It's not the American people. It's not the conservative patriot, your everyday American, your middle class worker, your small business owner. Her audience is the intelligence community. We are seeing our candidates respond to bizarre debate questions. With bizarre answers that don't seem at all catered to the interests, needs, or wants of the American people. But instead, they seem like the perfect answer for someone running for the intelligence community vote. If I'm working for the CIA or the FBI and I see Nikki Haley say something like that, I'm thinking, oh, that's my girl. That's the candidate that I want to support. They know who's actually calling the shots in this country. They know who they have to win over. And it is only the intelligence community as a faction of the political class. Always seemingly at the expense of the American people. Meanwhile, Israel is getting more ammunition and laser-guided missiles from the United States. The U.S. is quietly sending Israel more ammunition and missiles, supplying shells for Apache, Apache gunships, bunker buster munitions, arms arrive on a near daily basis, according to the Defense Department. This was something that was originally reported sort of quietly, this hush-hush funding and arming and supplying of Israel in this conflict. Obviously, Israel has been an ally, at least outwardly, of the United States basically since its inception in 1948. But when I see news that we have these funding bills, these budgetary measures being passed in the House, and we'll get more into this in the next segment, and I see that there's no funding for Ukraine or Israel, I'm pleased to see that, but then I look on another article and I see here that we're funding Israel anyway. And obviously, I'm opposed to Hamas. Obviously, I'm opposed to anti-Semitism. Obviously, what happened on October 7th was a travesty and a tragedy alike, But why is it that we're constantly involved in these international conflicts when the interests of the American people here in the United States aren't being met? Why is it that we're cleaning up our cities and our streets when the likes of President Xi visit the United States, but we can't clean them up for our own citizens who have to actually drive through or walk through these areas every single day on the way to one of their three jobs as they struggle to make ends meet? Or as they struggle to pay thousands upon thousands of dollars in rent for their small studio apartments? While they listen to reports from the World Economic Forum encouraging them to eat crickets and save money on beef. By the way, there is a shortage of beef. Now we're importing it. We used to export beef because of our cattle ranchers and our amazing agricultural economy. But no more. We'll get more into the news in the next segment. Make sure in the meantime, you visit InfoWarsStore.com. Get Ultra 12 at 40% off experience the power of b12 as we age b12 becomes more and more difficult for our bodies to absorb that's why it's more important now than ever that you get this ultra 12 which has a specific ingredient and it designed to make it the most effective potent form of b12 possible the easiest form to absorb go to infowarsstore.com get ultra 12 which is back at 40 percent off and experience the power of b12 today
4: sleepless nights seem to be a lot more common these days with everything that's going on both at home and the world at large if you're having trouble getting to that deep sleep we could all use more of our new sleep support formula down and out is just the thing It's our new, faster-absorbing liquid formula that is specifically designed to help you get the shut-eye you deserve. Formulated to improve upon our best-selling product, Knockout, with Down and Out, now the herbs and melatonin packed inside are extracted directly into the glycerin solution so the ingredients are already dissolved into the formula before you even take it. One of the other sleep support herbs included is the passion flower, which was traditionally used by Native Americans like the Cherokees, who used it for its relaxing qualities. Be sure to take this product when you are completely ready for sleep, because you will be down and out. Selling out now at InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWars.com
2: is tomorrow's news today
4: You're watching The American Journal with your host Chase Geyser Watch live right now at band.video
10: Welcome back to The American Journal ladies and gentlemen So much to go over today. UFC's Dana White says, F Peloton after learning they threatened to pull ads from Theo Vaughn's show over the RFK Jr. interview. I have come to be a big fan of Theo Vaughn. I think he's better in the podcast environment than he is on stage. I think he's funny on stage. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a very talented comedian. But this dialogue sort of context seems to really work for him. Obviously, he's been on Joe Rogan a number of times. That's how I came to know him. And he recently had Tucker Carlson on, which was an absolutely hysterical two and a half hours of content. I'm a big Tucker fan too, especially since he left Fox. So whenever I see a story like this, I'm just really pleased to see this sort of rallying behind Theo and his content and what he's doing. Let's go ahead and run clip one Based on this story of UFC's Dana White saying "f Peloton" after learning they threatened to pull their yeah,
1: because we had Robert Kennedy Jr. on and we had a company call or a couple companies call after that and say yeah, just stuff about him. We're not advertising on this episode. My advertisers was like you guys need to take the episode down, you know and uh, and and we ended and up. And What's po- wrong with him? Nothing. Nothing. Guys, f-ing brilliant. And I've this known guys them-
5: a smart. F-ing guy. I've known for seven years. Great guy. Right. Aunt, I mean, a neat man. Right. I, I've never met him. Yeah, I've only watched his stuff, and and you got this whole Democrat Republican and all this crazy bullshit. He's a f-ing Democrat. Yeah, right. But now they hate him just because he doesn't believe like he's this. a Democrat with common sense. Right. Yeah. Right. He's like an old school Democrat. Yeah. And smart guy. Whatever. Let me tell you this. Let me f-ing tell you this. This is America. You can. F-ing have whoever you want on your podcast, you can do whatever the f- you want to do. imagine a sponsor that's sponsoring you calling you and telling you that you can't have this guy. What sponsor did it um Who was i
1: it? i let me think and I'm not afraid to name him I don't know if I remember I really don't
5: right. I don't know if I believe you, but okay that's fair um <laughs> but I really don't know if I remember <laughs> imagine and this happened to me too. This this happened to me. I posted a video for Trump, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. on my personal social media. And one of our big sponsors called and said, take that down. You know what I said? Huh. Go f*** yourself. Yeah. You vote for whoever you want to vote for, and I'll vote for whoever I want to vote for. That's how this works. I don't even care who you're voting for. It's none of my f- business. But f*** you. Yeah. Don't ever f- call me and tell me who to vote for.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people feel in fear these days, you know? A lot of people feel in fear that if they don't vote for certain people, they're going to lose their jobs. I mean, it's Hollywood, for example. Think
5: about how crazy that is. It sounds insane. It sounds just like... Well, it'll keep happening unless more people stand up for themselves and give them the f*** you response.
10: Speaking of the UFC, a fight did almost break out on the Senate floor the other day in a hearing Senator Mark Wayne Mullen and Teamster General President Sean O'Brien challenged each other to a fight during the Senate Help Committee, similar to something we would hear from like a Hamilton and Burr story. Let's go ahead and run clip eight, and we'll talk a little bit about that.
0: Pretends like he's self-made. What a clown. Fraud. Always has been. Always will be. Quick the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me. Any place... Anytime, time cowboy. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. If you want to run your mouth? We can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here.
4: Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now.
0: Well, stand your butt up then.
4: You stand your butt
7: up.
0: Oh, hold it. Oh, oh, stop it. Is that All your right. solution? <laughs> <to every problem? laughs> no, no. Sit down. Sorry, sit down. Okay. Okay. You know, okay, you're a United okay. States. He it like 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 he's going to take ax? his oh, ring off. Okay. Okay. Sit down, please. All right, can I let's respond? This calls for a humanitarian pause. If Hold we can, on. no, I have the mic. Said. I'm sorry. This is Hold what he it. said. You'll have your time. Okay. Can I respond? Oh, no, you can't.
7: <laughs> this is a hearing. <laughs>
0: God for, knows
10: the American people Mark, have enough. Mark, way to save those two bouncers sitting behind him. I thing? don't like drones and boys. Go back to the beginning. I got to see the first part again. Yeah, those two bouncers sitting behind
0: him. Clown. Fraud. Always has been. Always will be. Quick the tough guy act and these Senate hearings, you know where to <laughs> find me any place, any time cowboy. So this is a time. This is a place. If You want to run your mouth? We can you be your, you your butt up. You get your butt up here. Okay. okay that's that's fine. Part. perfect. You want to do it now? I'd
4: love to do it right now.
0: Well us stand your butt up then.
4: You stand your up
7: oh, hold on him.
0: Oh, oh, stop it. Is that your all solution?
7: Right. Every pull No, no, sit down. He he like he's okay. going to take
4: okay. his right. right He United
0: knows this fight's is
10: not going to happen. Oh,
0: okay. okay. Right. Sit, sit down, down please. please.
10: All right. Can I respond? This is hysterical to me. And later on, I was looking at his tweets because I wanted to tra- try to talk to either of these guys. None, none of them had their DMs open on X. But I really want to have either of them on the show. They're welcome standing invitation to talk about this. But... The whole thing's hilarious, especially since and and I respect Mark Wayne for calling him out on it. I I respect them, at least even if they're just posturing for being willing to fight it out. Frankly, I think a lot of our problems will be solved if there were just fist fights, if duels were legalized, because after all, half the time you get in a fight, if you've ever been in a fight with somebody, you end up buying the other guy a beer at the end, no matter who wins or whatever. It actually builds like a, a level of respect between men. And it's something that we've outlawed because of toxic masculinity or it's uncivilized or whatever, but it's in our nature, I think, to do this, but It was just so funny because Mark Wayne, when he was on Twitter yesterday, he's like, where I come from in Oklahoma, if you talk crap, you back it up. I'm like, who thinks of Oklahoma as being this place where like people talk crap and then back it up? Like when I think of Oklahoma, all I think about is a really bad musical. It's just so funny to see this like this this conflict escalate to, to this sort of ridiculous posturing place. But kudos to him for standing up to a teamster. I mean, after all, Hoffa is the most famous teamster of all time. Nobody wanted to mess with him. The teamsters are notorious for being sort of brutal and tough union guys with even mob ties. So kudos to him for standing up to him. Hopefully they actually do have a consensual duel. They could always come to Texas, Texas and under Texas penal code, I think, 2206. 22.06 you can legally actually have a duel in this state it can't be to the death it can't be with weapons of death it can't cause severe bodily harm but they could certainly organize a consenting mutual combat duel here and i haven't run it by anybody in the crew but i imagine that if something like that were were to happen we could probably make arrangements to cover that live if that were to be an option Meanwhile, the CDC is running two VAR systems. The public can only access one of them. When Dr. Robert Sullivan collapsed on his treadmill three weeks after his second COVID-19 vaccine in early 2021, he fell into a nightmare ordeal that he said exposed glaring deficiencies in the nation's vaccine safety monitoring system. We know that the VAERS reporting is sort of like a self reporting system used to show whether or not vaccines are causing any adverse effects. We know that there were massive amounts of reports throughout the entire pandemic for adverse effects regarding the COVID-19 vaccine. And the establishment came back and said, hey, these are self-reported. They're not double-blind studies. This isn't really scientific data. This is just sort of useful information that sometimes informs our policy or further investigation. When these massive numbers of adverse effects came back, they said, oh, it's a result of, you know, half the country getting vaccinated and the people that were going to have some sort of a symptom or an adverse effect anyway without getting vaccinated are just associating it with the vaccine because they were vaccinated recently. They're saying it's a correlation is not causation type argument. But time and time again, we see them attempting to cover up data, attempting to cover up information. We know that they hid the results of many of the clinical trials that were used as justification for claiming that these vaccines were both effective and safe. And so it's no surprise to me that there are more streams of information, there is more data that is counter the narrative that we're getting from the establishment, from the big pharma establishment, that is being hidden, that has been hidden, and that we're not seeing the real numbers of these adverse effects. We see things constantly. I remember the newspaper when i lived in california would report every single day the number of people who had died of covid of course we know now that it was just people who died with covid or with symptoms similar to those of covid so every day they were happy to tell us how many people were dying of covid but then when you try to dig to figure out what's happening with these vaccines it's almost impossible to find reliable data when you do find reliable data they shed a doubt on it directly stick with us folks more on the other side visit infowarsstorm.com and be the reason we're still on the air
3: Finally, after close to a year, in early November, where I'm cutting this ad, we finally got one of our flagship products back in stock, Ultra 12, the highest quality vitamin B12 organic. You take it out of the tongue, so you get better absorption into the body through your blood vessels, and what it does to every system in your body is simply incredible. It's the natural, clean, energy, focus, immune system, everything, and it's 40% off Exclusively at InfowarsStore.com. This has been rated as the best B12 in the country. It's available from a top lab that we private label it through at InfowarsStore.com. Ultra 12, vitamin B12, taken sublingually, now back in stock at InfoWarStore.com. Or you can call toll free and order it as well, 888 253 And Ultra 12 funds the InfoWar as well. Our world is so full of hype. We are force fed dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and, and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globals bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements. Our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com.
4: You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video.
10: American Journal folks, I am Chase Geiser. It is so good to be with you this morning. We'll be taking calls later on in the show, so be sure you stay tuned and keep us on speed dial. I was on Twitter last night scrolling through and I saw this beautiful tweet from Vice President Kamala Harris, one of my favorite people in the world. She says, the Biden-Harris administration is delivering on the most ambitious climate agenda in history and we're not slowing down. Today, POTUS announced a $6 billion investment to reduce flood risks to communities, support conservation efforts and advance environmental justice and more. Obviously, this is just sort of another BS political class post. And we know that Rosemont Seneca was invested heavily in green energy startups and businesses, all while Joe Biden was vice president and sharing a bank account with Hunter Biden, of course, the partner at Rosemont Seneca. So every time I hear a green energy initiative coming from this administration, I immediately think, oh, there's got to be some sort of kickback. And frankly, I think that the entire climate industry is sort of a kickback hoax. It's an industry built around doing business with governments, either municipalities or the federal government. And so naturally it is wrought with corruption regardless of whether or not you believe that climate change is a real issue, whether or not you believe that climate change is caused by human beings. So anytime you criticize any sort of climate initiative or the corruption within this industry, you're immediately called, of course – A climate change denier but that's really a straw man argument it's a distraction because the issue isn't whether or not climate change is real it's whether or not this industry is even real the issue isn't whether or not we believe that we're having a negative impact on our climate or whether we're polluting or increasing the temperature of the planet that is a moot point in this case because this industry the problem with it the criticism of it is that it rips money from the taxpayer for kickback to our politicians and somehow doesn't seem to even solve any of the problems it purports exist or are so threatening to our existence as a species on the planet. I covered it last week that Greta Thunberg recently deleted a tweet from 2018 where she said that all of humanity would be dead by 2023 if something wasn't done about climate change. So we've seen the lies time and time again, the lies from the likes of Al Gore with an inconvenient truth where we saw... B-roll after B-roll of flood after flood where it was claimed that the sea levels would rise so rapidly and all the ice would melt where polar bear after polar bear were shown struggling on a sheet of ice as if to say we melted their entire habitat. None of those predictions seem to have come true. Nothing that has been claimed by this climate initiative, by these climate advocates has come true. And that's not even to say that it's not true. A negative impact on our planet to some extent. I'm just critical of the notion that it's immediately urgent, and I'm also critical of the fact that this entire industry is built around taking money from taxpayers and getting kicked back to our politicians. Obviously, there's incentive to lie about it. There's more incentive to lie about the climate crisis than there is to lie about there not being one. They say that big oil and these companies are lying to us about the dangers of fossil fuels because they're trying to make money. But we know that the political class, this politician mafia that we have is the greatest mafia of all. It's the greatest sort of monopoly of all. It's the monopoly over force. And if anyone's lying, it's politicians after all politicians lie more than any business I've ever seen. And when you see footage of those polar bears struggling like that, I just saw it on the screen. People don't realize that when a predator gets old in nature, it often dies of starvation because it loses the ability to hunt. It's not as fast as it was. It's not as agile as it was. So you can find a picture of a starving polar bear, regardless of whether or not that starvation has anything to do with climate change whatsoever. When you see a hyper skinny polar bear, It's not as if the solution is, oh, my God, that that polar bear needs more ice. (laughs) I mean, ice isn't specifically calorie dense. (laughs) What, What does the ice actually have to do with whether or not that polar bear star? Are you saying there's no fish for that polar bear? The fact of the matter is they're taking these shots of nature, these images of nature, and they're sort of mischaracterizing them as a result of something else other than the truth. They're saying the starvation is a result of climate change when It could be just that that bear is old and not catching stuff like it used to, not fast like it used to be. But the reason that this tweet from Vice President Kamala Harris drew my attention is because this is another instance among many instances of the Biden administration being referred to as the Biden-Harris administration. And it seemed at first as if this sort of language was being used as like a breaking of the glass ceiling type thing. Look, it's not just me as the white male. I've also got the person of color female in my administration. It's the Biden-Harris administration. It is a partnership. But as, as time goes on, it seems more and more likely to me that the reason that we see this sort of language is because they're trying to set us up psychologically to accept the notion that Harris could be the president before the end of this term. That Vice President Harris could come in and replace Joe Biden as president of the United States before this term is over. That Vice President Harris may indeed be the presidential candidate in 2024. We talk a lot about Michelle Obama, and we talk a lot about Gavin Newsom. Certainly, I think that those two options would probably be better candidates than Kamala Harris. After all, she had abysmal ratings in the polls during the last cycle. But we know that the ratings in the polls don't really matter. We know that Joe Biden didn't campaign at all and still somehow managed to, quote, win. We know that his approval ratings are abysmal. We know that he's lied time and time again. Basically, nobody likes him. He's the most corrupt president that we've had that I can even think of. And so it's quite possible that if the intelligence community is actually what is behind this administration, what is behind Biden's candidacy and now his presidency, That they would see Harris as an extension of Biden. So if Biden ages out because of dementia or corruption or just failure after failure, then they could usher in Harris. And it doesn't really matter whether or not she is well-liked by the American people if the views or opinions of the American people don't actually have an impact on outcomes of elections in this country anymore. Why is it that we doubt that they would push Harris so much as if it matters what we think when we're constantly critical of whether or not our elections are even honest? After all, if Trump is convicted and rhinos at the state legislatures get him off of the ballots in the various states, then it would be quite easy for them to usher in a Harris, especially if someone like RFK is splitting the vote against Trump in a disproportionate way. So we'll see what happens. In the next year or so. But when I see this Biden-Harris language time and time again, it just makes me wonder whether or not our government is going to be pushing her, our intelligence community is going to be pushing her for the president of the United States in 2024. We covered yesterday that President Xi is visiting San Francisco, and officials have been grilled over San Fran's miraculously spotless streets for Xi's visit. But what's more offensive to me is some of the footage that I've seen of the reception of Xi himself yesterday. Let's go ahead and run clips three, four, and five in succession in a minute. With Chinese President Xi Jinping's airplane having touched down in California Tuesday night, the Biden administration is facing questions over the now viral images coming out of San Francisco. As we and others have detailed, The feces-encrusted Golden City was miraculously able to clean itself up seemingly overnight. But there's even more in this footage. Go ahead and run three, four, and five. Just beautiful to see the Chinese flag on the streets. The motorcade ushers in the president of the United States, President Xi Jinping. No American flags whatsoever to be seen anti-Chinese protesters were ushered away from the motorcade, from the scene. So of course, we don't want to offend the boss. You can see this here. San Francisco police are escorting anti-CCP protesters away from Xi's known location. Protesters are Asian, so they know what it feels like to live under communism. What Xi Jinping is really about for protecting minorities who want to protest tyranny. No, nope,
0: not
6: right now. They're gone. You guys
0: have to go talk. They're over there. Go the hey. governor Gavin yeah. Newsom said of the clean up this. I know folks are saying, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming to town. That's true. Does President Biden agree it's more important to impress the leader of China than the American people? that live in San
4: Francisco and pay taxes every day? First, I completely Seven. reject the premise of your question, but secondly, well. I don't know what the context of what Governor Newsom said, so I, I won't respond
7: to it.
10: Well, we see that the administration is constantly supporting backing up the actions of these leftists that protect the ccp that protect their own corruption we covered yesterday that gavin newsom admitted that san francisco wiped its streets of filth and excrement for the sake of xi jinping all while not spending any additional dollars or resources and in a matter of just days so it's something they could have done for the american people but they don't represent the american people they represent foreign interests the conglomeration of power the new world order to ensure that they remain in the political class a class which gets ever stronger as the american class gets weaker and weaker stay with us folks more on the other side
4: bolster your immune system, and so much more. Regular turmeric from the store contains about 1% to 5% of the active ingredient curcuminoids, but our super powerful extract using bodies contains over 95% of the active ingredients in turmeric. No other product can compare with this curcuminoid delivery system. So if you want to put the true power of turmeric to the test, then look no further. Grab yourself a bottle today for 25% off at InfoWarsStore.com and put your body at ease. Listening to the American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at
10: band.video. Yeah! Welcome back to the American Journal, ladies and gentlemen. I am Chase Geyser, your host today. So much going on. Escalating. We see that Israeli politicians demand the West accept Gaza refugees in a new Washington excuse me wall street journal op-ed the west must accept thousands if not millions of palestinian refugees from gaza two israeli politicians argued in a wall street journal op-ed we saw this article posted i saw it first from blake masters who's running for congress now instead of senate in arizona and it just goes to show they want us to take in these refugees because they want to annex gaza they want total control of the region. They want everybody displaced and moved in sort of like a Trail of tear, trail of Tears fashion. But when I think about why Jordan and Egypt won't accept these refugees, it's sort of enlightening on this issue. The real reason Jordan and Egypt won't accept these refugees is because they don't want Hamas or terrorists or radicals or extremists bombing Israel from their territory, because then it makes Egypt and Jordan look bad. They don't want a war with Israel, so they don't want to import people who are going to bomb Israel from their land. And you can say there's a lot of innocent people in Palestine or in these regions, and and that's true. There are a lot of children. Half the population is under the age of 18. There's a lot of young folks in these regions that are innocent. You can't choose where you're born. But the fact of the matter is that 52% of Palestinians voted for Hamas in the last time Hamas actually held an election, which I think was around 2006. And so a large portion of these people, even the innocent people who aren't directly involved in Hamas operations or in terrorist activities, are certainly supportive of terrorism. We've covered the Pew Research on this very show. A majority of people in the region do support suicide bombing, sometimes as a legitimate method of political protest or action. And so if Jordan and Egypt don't want these people in their countries because they don't want them bombing and terrorizing Israel and making them look bad, then why is it that the United States should then import these people here to our territory? Is it because the international community and our own government for that matter, doesn't really care whether or not terrorists bomb or terrorize our people? As long as Israel isn't being hit, it's okay if innocent people are dying, because after all, the stabilization of Israel is more important than the stabilization of the United States in terms of this conflict that we have with China, this economic conflict. And I know that President Xi is meeting with President Biden in San Francisco, and we're hearing things from china like they're not going to invade taiwan chinese president xi jinping won't have the military wherewithal to launch a successful invasion of taiwan within the next few years meaning the self-governing island has more time to build up its defense capabilities a top taiwanese security official has claimed but frankly i find that hard to believe because i think that as soon as this conflict in ukraine is over china is going to have the necessary independence from the united states to annex taiwan entirely and that will be the escalation of World War III. If, if World War III started with this conflict in Ukraine, it'll certainly manifest in like a Pearl Harbor level event when Taiwan is seized by China. So maybe it is possible that within the next few years it's not going to happen. But a few years is only like 24 to 36 months. So in the context of all of history, that's right around the corner. I mean, It's imminent. ...that this attack is going to happen. We think of December 7th, 1941 as a date which will live in infamy. In December 7th of 1938, we weren't really that far off, were we? I mean, we were talking about war then. It was escalating then. World War II had sort of begun by then. So if World War III has already started, then the real sort of explicit nature of our involvement as a nation in it... ...will be catalyzed by an event like this or a terrorist attack on our own soil from these radicals that we're either going to import as refugees from Palestine or that we've allowed to cross the border already because of the open border policies that we have. More on the other side, folks. Stick with us. Visit InfoWarsStore.com today and be the reason we're still on the air.
4: the American Journal with your host Chase Geiser watch live right now at band.video
10: Welcome back to the American Journal folks I'm Chase Geiser your host today walking along the Avenue of Truth and Justice for Americans everywhere House funding bill passes thanks to Democrats averting government shutdown. Democrats stepped in to save the day on Tuesday, helping House Speaker Mike Johnson avert a government shutdown despite opposition from Republicans in the Freedom Caucus, who opposed the bill due to a lack of offsetting spending cuts. Now, this is a temporary measure. It looks like it's going to have to be revisited, the issue in January. But one thing I did note about this particular spending bill is that it did not include any funding for israel or ukraine obviously the democrats are saying that they don't want any support for israel if ukraine isn't supported as well and that could be a legitimate dispute they could be legitimately trying to leverage that angle but it seems to me the fact of the matter is they realize that many of their constituents the democrats that is They realize many of their constituents don't support Israel. They see the hundreds of thousands of protesters in major cities throughout the United States protesting on behalf of Palestine against Israeli so-called occupation. And they're doing anything they can to sort of neglect supporting Israel. And frankly, I'm fine with the United States not supporting any nation, whether it's an ally or an enemy, not supporting any terrorist community or sect financially. Especially given we know that Americans are struggling so badly here in the United States. All the conflicts that we've been in since World War II basically have been as a result of our sort of meddling in international affairs, our status as the world's police. We've taken on the responsibility of being the world's global reserve currency. And as a result of that, we found ourselves in conflict after conflict overseas, Iraq, Afghanistan, Korea, Vietnam. Desert Storm, Libya, we installed the Shah in Iran in 79. And every time we get involved, we create more enemies, similar to how every time Israel kills an innocent person in Gaza or the West Bank, either on purpose or on accident, let's just assume it's on accident, given the benefit of the doubt here, that creates another terrorist. They are catalyzing a generation of terrorists. If not everyone in these Palestinian regions hates Israel now or before, and they certainly do now and certainly will in the future. There is another generation of radicals against Jews being born, being fostered by this conflict. And the same thing happens to the United States. Osama bin Laden didn't just come flying out of the sky. No pun intended. Genuinely, no pun intended. That was a dynamic that we created because of our involvement, because of our funding and support of radicalism or Sharia law in the region over the years because we thought that replacing governments with new governments was something that was going to be conducive to our foreign policy and our success in the long term, when the fact of the matter is we destabilized a region, and when you destabilize a region, you create a vacuum, and that vacuum is filled with whatever is quickest or speediest at getting to power. Oftentimes, the means to power, the means to a speedy acquisition of power is a certain level of violence or injustice or audacity. And so those who come to power in destabilized regions are often the likes of warlords or terrorists or people without consciences or psychopaths. And so we've created basically a whole region of the world, of the planet, that is led by the most radical, extreme, violent, evil people In the world, all made by America. And Israel is doing the same thing right now with the issue in the West Bank, with the Palestinian issue in Gaza. They are creating a generation of radical extremism. They are destabilizing a region entirely so that innocent people are vulnerable and the strong men... The audacious, the corrupt will take advantage of this to come to power and we're going to create a problem for the region that's going to last for decades, if not throughout the entire century as it did throughout the entire second half of the 20th century. So. What are we going to do about it? I'm pleased to see that we're not funding these wars, but. We know that next year these legislators that we have, these leaders that we have, these politicians that we call our representatives are going to find a way to fund these conflicts. We know that there's a black budget that allows the arming of Israel, regardless of whether or not there's any funding measures passed in Congress. We know that the last time we were in a war that was actually voted on by Congress was quite some time ago. I mean, even the Vietnam War itself, where over 60,000 Americans were killed and were drafted, I don't believe there was ever an official declaration of war. So we've gotten to a place as a nation where we can have these international conflicts and there's not really any need for the support of the American people in order to do so. There's not really any representation. I mean, our founding fathers basically revolted in this country on the premise of no taxation without representation. But what about the idea of no, no, no war without representation, no annexation without representation. That's totally gone by the wayside. If our founding fathers were so distraught over a 2% tax on tea, why are they not distraught over 100% PTSD over wars that aren't voted on by Congress? Even when our boys come home from these conflicts, if they have all of their limbs, they certainly have lost a part of their soul. I can't tell you how many times I've interacted with a veteran of any war who's had to struggle with PTSD I had a close friend who was a Green Beret in Vietnam. He was all messed up for decades before he got his life together. I, had, I have a memory. When I was in junior high, this was in the middle of these conflicts in the Middle East. For some reason, our teacher thought it would be a good idea to have a veteran from the war as it was happening. This was in sixth grade, so this was, for me, two years after 9-11. Our teacher thought it would be a good idea to have someone who had just come back from a tour, a combat tour in the region... Come speak to our sixth grade class about war and what it was like serving in the military. And they just thought it would be an educational thing for us to hear from a soldier what was really going on in the region. And I understand that they had this good intention. It was this opportunity for somebody who had graduated from my middle school years ago to come back and say, hey, look, I've been fighting the war for America. It sounded on the surface like a good idea, but it turned out to be quite naive when my class of 11 to 13 year olds... Listened to this soldier basically cry and talk about the massacre of innocent people and having to make the decision whether or not to shoot an innocent person when they were being used as a body shield. I remember being 12 years old looking at my teacher thinking, oh, my gosh, we weren't allowed to watch Top Gun last week on PG Movie Day. And you got this guy coming and you're saying that he killed kids because he had no other choice because his team was about ready to get shot. Like (laughs) We don't realize that we screw up all the people we send over there, that we create enemies when we send people over there. We think of war as this like saving Private Ryan situation where we storm the beach of Normandy bravely and we save the young boy for the sake of his mother in this conflict that's so clearly good versus evil. But that's not what it is anymore, if it ever was in the first place. This Hollywood notion of good and evil is good for selling tickets, but it's not good for anything in reality. The reality of the matter is that war is better for selling body bags and employing therapists and mental health professionals and selling SSRIs (laughs) and then of course when a veteran comes back all screwed up from these conflicts we load them up with drugs and then we see a shooting in a bowling alley or some other firearm free zone and we blame it on AR-15s and weapons of war being in the hands of citizens as if the second amendment is the issue when the fact of the matter the issue is that we send people to the most untenable places to the most indefensible places to do the most terrible things, to witness the most terrible things, we bring them back over here, we drug them up, and we expect them to be functioning members of society as we pretend they never really existed in the first place. We're happy to send people over to war so they can come back all screwed up, addicted to SSRIs or heroin or fentanyl, and then we'll clean them and scrape them off of the street for the sake of President Xi, but we won't do a single thing to ensure that they are mentally healthy or taken care of. And then, when something bad happens, we'll blame it on the Republicans, or we'll blame it on white supremacy or right wing extremism, or we'll blame it on the Second Amendment or the right to bear arms. And the fact of the matter is, we didn't have these wars decade after decade. If we didn't have a political class that was profiting from these conflicts decade after decade, a lot of these problems that we're faced with today it wouldn't exist in the first place, but we seem to ignore that when it's conducive to the success of the political class to get us into another conflict.
3: We have not had this many of our best-selling products back in stock in years because of supply chain breakdowns and all the rest of the stuff that's gone on. And these are game-changing products. It's like our information's game-changing. These products are incredible. And I'm personally glad that these are now back in stock. All three of the InfoWars Platinum flagship products that have been sold out for months are now back in stock, but a very limited run because we only had a budget to get... Three or four thousand bottles of each one of these. We've got four thousand bottles of the HGH Max Boost that people love so much. We've got about four thousand bottles of 1776 Testosterone Boost that just came in, and we've got about three thousand bottles of Pain MD, incredible natural pain reliever situation. All three of these are back in stock, and they're incredible, and they fund our operation at InfowarStore.com. Person, and I want to say that I'm just a man, but I'm not just a man, just like you. No matter what color you are, whether you're a man or a woman, you were made by the creator of the universe who had a plan for you, who has a destiny for you. That's why the system hates you and fears you, and that's why they hate me. It's because the spirit I carry is one of justice and truth and courage and honor and will and love. My friends, the enemy's coming after me. Not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. They're coming after you, not because you're a bad person, because you're a good person, because you love God and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight. And I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. But I can't fight this fight without you. That's why I want you to always remember that I appreciate you and I thank you because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's the thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting.
4: Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video.
10: Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning. The source of the dubious beheaded babies claim is Israeli settler leader who incited riots to wipe out Palestinian village. You know, it's interesting. I've noticed that when Bibi talks about the atrocities committed by Hamas on the Israeli people, he does talk about beheadings, but he has shifted away from referring to beheadings specifically as that of beheadings of babies. He's referred to the beheadings as beheadings of sort of grown men. So that narrative has sort of gone by the wayside. Obviously, the original reports of the 40 beheaded babies are (laughs) still quite dubious. It doesn't seem so coincidental that 40 beheaded babies lines up with the 40 babies thrown out of the incubators in kuwait which we know was sort of a psyop to get us involved in that conflict those many years ago when that witness was prepared by a politician in the region after an israeli reserve soldier named david ben zion told a reporter palestinian militants cut off the heads of babies biden netanyahu and the international media amplified the dubious claim Grayzone has identified Ben Zion as a fanatical settler leader who incited riots by demanding a Palestinian town be wiped out. So I have no doubt in my mind that this conflict actually happened as a result of October 7th. I believe that there was a terrorist attack on October 7th by Hamas on Israel. I believe that innocent people were targeted and killed. I think that basically any Jewish person was killed indiscriminately, whether they were military, law enforcement, or civilian In the conflict, I think a lot of the footage that we've seen is real. I think dead bodies laying down in rooms is real. I think dead people laying down in the streets is real. Which is why it's even more troubling to see these other reports because there have clearly been instances of the Israeli government as well as the Palestinian government showing footage or images of dead people from either different conflicts or different instances throughout history and then framing them, reframing them, positioning them as if they are from this specific conflict. We've seen it from both the Palestinian propaganda and the Israeli propaganda. Both of them are effing liars, frankly. So let's take a look at clip six of this exclusive footage from the operations in the Rantishi Hospital. And you tell me whether or not you think that any of this might be propaganda. Go ahead and run clip six.
6: I'm here in Gaza City. We are here next to a house of a terrorist. This is one of the senior terrorists who is the head of the operational naval operations that led the raids into Israel. His house is right next to a a school. His house is 200 yards from the hospital, the hospital of Rantisi. Next to his house, there is a tunnel.
10: So it looks like they are crawling now through I this tunnel. I
6: you an operational tunnel. And the the
10: tunnel, tunnel apparently is going go to go to this hospital.
6: So they're trying to claim that Hamas is the operating. goes here, and it goes down out of this hospital. Now
10: That's now sort you of can a justification, apparently, for you going through the, the hospital in a military the operation.
6: The tunnel is led down more than 20 meters down. The robot found a door, a door that is bulletproof. It's uh, it's explosives-proof, so it looks like a hard evidence a clear evidence that the hospital direction is connected this is a cover tunnel it's part of the same floor and it slides down here so it's a cover tunnel so nobody can find it this is rantisi hospital
10: showing footage of the hospital off in the distance and this is the and it's feasible how close they are to the hospital that the tunnel would be able to lead directly to the basement of it. This is the
6: back side of the hospital. Hamas used this hospital. Tonight we have entered into this building. I will show you the evidence. Let's enter into the hospital. We're now entering into the area of the hospital where we had found the evidence. Uh, This operation was conducted by uh, Israeli special unit, the Israeli Navy SEALs. This is still an operation that is conducting. And I'm showing you the first evidence to see.
10: So he's walking through, everything looks blacked out. We are now we are now
6: in the area of the basement of the hospital. I want to show you a room where we found all the gear, the operational gear of Hamas. Hamas is using hospitals, like we showed the evidence in Shifa Hospital. In other hospitals, we are now seeing it in live in Rantisi Hospital. An operation still conducting right now. Look at what Hamas is holding inside the hospital. I want you to understand this kind of gear
10: There's tons of military equipment laying on the floor here major it Looks fight. like grenades and small arms
6: These are explosives These are vests Vests with explosives Yeah, It's a body vest for terrorists to explode on forces among hospitals among patients
10: Notably on the wall grenades, here in this room is some art that makes, makes it seem like it was a room where People children would have been
6: RPGs from hospitals This is Hamas firing RPGs for hospitals. The world has to understand who is Israel fighting against. We are now in the basement, and in this basement we found a motorcycle. They were all used in the massacre of the 7th of October. They even have bullets in this motorcycle. So they came back from the massacre on the 7th of October into Rantisi Hospital with hostages on a motorcycle. We're still researching this. Yards from here. We find the chair. A woman, clothes, and a rope.
10: So, a rope next to the legs. They're saying that the hostages were taken back to this hospital. They're showing you evidence that people were there, that the motorcycles or equipment that was used in the attack on the 7th is there.
6: And it could all be true.
10: It could also all very well be staged. There's just no way to know. I mean, this is the nature of war. We're in this conflict, and everything is dark. The truth is hidden by both sides. We know both sides have lied about the extent of what was going on before. Obviously, Israel has come under fire, for lack of a better term, for bombing of hospitals in the region. For days, they warned the hospital they were going to bomb it. It got bombed. Then they said they didn't do it. Now they're saying this hospital was actually a headquarters for Hamas operations as sort of a justification to clear it out. So what are we supposed to believe? And I'm not an anti-Semitic person. I don't have a problem with Jewish people at all. I'm not a sympathizer of Hamas. I hate terrorism. And I frankly just don't even like the religion of Islam at all. People don't call me Islamophobic all day for saying that. But the fact of the matter is... Anybody who isn't a practicing Muslim, by definition, is Islamophobic. Let me give you an example. If you ask anyone in the world who is not Muslim, who accuses you of being Islamophobic, why they are not themselves a Muslim, they will struggle to find a response that doesn't sound anti-Islam or Islamophobic. I mean, think about it. If I were to ask somebody, if I were to ask anybody, why are you not a Muslim, The only logical answer that we would arrive at through a little Socratic dialogue would be that they either believe Muhammad was insane or Muhammad was a liar. None of them deny that he married a nine-year-old at one point in time, though he didn't manifest the marriage, so to speak, until that woman was 12 or 14 years old. But that's really the only response. I mean, if you believe that Muhammad was telling the truth, was really the prophet, then of course you would become a Muslim. I mean, that would be the true religion then. So if you're not a Muslim, it's because you don't believe he was the prophet, which means it's either made up, a lie, or he was insane. So how do you get more Islamophobic than to say that their sacred prophet is insane or a liar? So I'm not on either side in this conflict. I'm on the side of America, folks. More on the other side. Finally... After close to a year,
3: in early November, where I'm cutting this ad, we finally got one of our flagship products back in stock, Ultra 12, the highest quality vitamin B12 organic, you take it out of the tongue, so you get better absorption into the body through your blood vessels, and what it does to every system in your body is simply incredible. It's the natural, clean, energy, focus, immune system, everything, and it's 40% off exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. This has been rated as the best B12 in the country. It's available from a top lab that we private label it through at InfoWarsStore.com. Ultra 12, vitamin B12, taken sublingually, now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. Or you can call toll-free and order it as well, 888 And Ultra 12 funds the InfoWars as well infowars.com
2: is tomorrow's news today
4: You're tuned in to the American Journal with your host Chase Geiser Watch it live right now at
10: band.video Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host today. We'll be taking calls pretty soon. I think you might recall a couple of months ago, Alex Jones predicted that they were going to sort of usher in a new response to different variants of COVID, that mask mandates would come back, that he had an informant from the TSA or something of that nature. And then we saw massive reporting suggesting that that escalation was indeed going to happen, but there was so much pushback because he predicted it even just hours before this push began that we didn't really see it play out as a result of our reporting here on this network. But we're starting to see the international community usher these things in. We're starting to see evidence that there actually might be another attempt to escalate these measures throughout the world to put us in another lockdown to mask us up and vax us up again especially in the context of this election cycle happening in 2024 i want to play clip nine on the rise of covid again in australia because i think it might be a little bit of a foreshadowing to what we may expect in 2024 here given that we have this election cycle coming up and the last lockdown the last time of these shutdowns policies masks and pandemic responses was so effective at keeping Trump out of office for a second term that maybe they'll try to do it again. Let's go ahead and run clip nine.
2: COVID cases are on the rise again with Australia now entering its eighth wave of the virus in the lead up to Christmas. It's already caused havoc on an East Coast cruise where passengers copped a double whammy with a gastro outbreak
8: as well. No pleasure cruise. The Grand Princess edging its way into Adelaide after navigating a twin storm of illness, a dual outbreak of COVID and gastro.
5: Princess Line did try, but there was sickness on board.
8: Keeping unwell passengers in their rooms for days, major pressure on its onboard medical services. They did three deep cleans during the cruise. Um, You had to wash your hands before eating and sanitise them as well. The ship left Melbourne stopped in Sydney before the outbreak took hold en route to Queensland. Once there, passengers asked to stay off. They scrubbed everything, they stripped all the beds, all the pillowcases. Stripped all that and washed it all. And those outbreaks came to uh, came down very, very quickly um, as the staff instituted those measures. Cases of illness reduced. Eight on board had COVID when it reached Adelaide. Five with gastro. And are you feeling all right? At the moment, I've got a sore throat. As experts declare the arrival of what is the eighth wave of COVID, not great timing, just ahead of families gathering at Christmas. Nationwide tracking shows an uptick in COVID cases over the last three weeks, but the impact of the virus is waning. So with this eighth wave, it's very unlikely that we'll get too much of an uptick of people going to hospital and severity or deaths. Chris Maher, 7 News.
10: Wow. Wow, just fascinating to see. There's still this terror mongering around this virus, which I still know no one who died... But this sort of reporting is always a foreshadowing because this is how we are prepped psychologically to receive new mandates, to receive new lockdowns, new restrictions, new violations of our rights. They always start with these little stories of a virus here, an outbreak here, and they always seem to test it in an election cycle, whether it's the swine flu or whether it's an Ebola outbreak or whether it's this COVID pandemic that we just went through it seems like every time there's this new virus or this new variant or this new issue coming to the fore that it's during an election cycle they always want to stoke the fear they always want to ramp up the intensity and anxiety of the population because when we are fearful when we are anxious that of course is when we give up all of our rights UK government proposals would allow it to mass surveil all users of an Internet service within a specific time frame. So not only are they ramping up the fear and probably trying to position another pandemic wave for their political agenda, but they're also ramping up overseas, the likes of which we've seen from Hochul just the other day here in the United States, the surveillance of... Internet activity. The U.K. government has presented draft amendments to the Investigatory Powers Act, IPA, otherwise known as Snoopers Charter, a highly controversial piece of legislation allowing for wide-scale spying by intelligence agencies. The plan now is to specify that the authorities have the right to carry out mass surveillance of an Internet service within a specific time frame and do so dragnet style by spying on all users of that service during a given time. So there you have it. This is it, folks. They want to centralize our currency. They want to establish a digital currency so they can track all of the transactions and control all the, of the transactions that take place. They want to have massive surveillance of everything that you do on the Internet, because after all, the Patriot Act has expired. I know that the Patriot Act doesn't apply to the U.K., But what we see happen with our partners or our allies overseas is what is happening or has already happened here time and time again. So when we see the UK ramp these things up, when we see Australia ramp these things up, it seems to me to be a response or a proactive approach to the terrorism that these regions are about ready to face over the next year. We know that because of the European Union, because of the globalization of Europe, the lack of national sovereignty in Europe, that these European nations have been forced to take refugees against their will. We've seen hundreds of thousands of people marching in London, Paris, and other major municipalities throughout Europe. We've seen that these refugees have come in and basically invaded these countries without assimilating to their culture thereby shifting the entire political and cultural climate and dynamic in the regions. Now we see that our border has been open. 10 million people have crossed since the onset of the Biden administration. We see that there are calls in the Wall Street Journal for the United States to take in as many as millions of Palestinian refugees, while hundreds of thousands of people protest in our streets, some of them right here in Texas just days ago, on behalf of terrorist communities, on behalf of Hamas. And so if we have this vulnerability, if our intelligence community knows that those who are not friendly to the nations they inhabit inhabit those nations, then they would want to set up massive surveillance. They do want to monitor all activity on the Internet because, after all, domestic terrorism is the greatest threat to national security this nation has ever faced. It's right-wing extremism, isn't it? It's anti-Semitism, isn't it? Well, no, it's actually the fact that none of these countries have borders anymore because they've been forced to compromise their sovereignty and their values for the sake of an international agenda, a globalist agenda, a conglomeration of all political power among the political elite worldwide. So they're going to ramp up the surveillance, they're going to control and understand who's going to commit terrorist activities, and they're going to allow these terrorist activities to happen to ensure that the international community can rally around World War III because it's in the economic interests of the world that the United States and its dollar remain the global reserve currency throughout the 21st century. Of course, in order to do that, you have to force it with military might because our currency is a fiat currency, not based on any real value, but just military leverage throughout the world. It's why we've been the world's police for the last 50, 60, or 70 years. We'll get more into some of the surveillance and how this exploitation is taking place in the United States. Some new reporting coming out about some data harvesting that's occurring among the political class by the political class of the American people. In the meantime, make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com. Get Ultra 12, which is back in stock at 40% off. Experience the power of B12. As we get older, B12 becomes more and more difficult for our bodies to absorb. So it's more important now than ever that we have this extreme form of B12, this twice as potent form of B12 because of some of the ingredients that we put in there to activate and help metabolize the vitamin. All sorts of health benefits come from having the right amount of vitamin B12. It's particularly important in the wintertime when we don't have access to the sun like we normally do. We know that vitamin D is low, but B12 can help us have energy, can help us rest better, be more awake during the day, be better focused, and overall just healthier human beings. On this platform, we fight for America. We fight for freedom and patriotism and freedom of speech, especially after all it is free speech systems with Paul Revere and a bullhorn declaring the truth amidst the lie, declaring freedom amidst tyrants. And if we want to make America a better place, if we want to make the United States America again, the first step is making Americans better and healthier. So take care of yourself. Invest in yourself at InfoWarsStore.com. Get B12 at 40% off today.
7: In the early 1900s, certain companies were off-gassing highly toxic fluoride gases into the atmosphere.
3: Please listen closely because this is life-changing critical information. The globalists are bombarding us with toxic chemicals hitting us in the air, the water, the food, the 5G, the poison shots, the shedding, the GMO, all of it. But God's given us compounds through nature that do incredible things in our body. And one of the most important, if not the most important, is vitamin B12. We've got the best organic vitamin B12 Ultra 12, a bestseller, finally back in stock after close to a year being sold out. You take it under the tongue for better absorption, and it's 40% off right now at Infowarstore.com. So go to Infowarstore.com right now, get your Ultra 12 and other great products, and for 40% off, some products are even more, and it keeps the show on the air. That is a 360 win. The only way you lose is not taking action. I thank you all for your support, being part of this fight. Now go to Infowarstore.com right now.
4: Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Sit back and
3: enjoy your flight. Now we're coming back after this break with phone calls! And as you can tell, I'm arrested! Answer the question! I.
10: Would you stop screaming? Answer the question! The answer is no.
3: authoritarian. We're in. Hello? Yes. Yeah, turn the radio off. We're holding. Uh, hello? Yeah. I it no, no, no. Hello? Yeah. yeah turn the radio off. Go ahead. Turn it off. Good. Yes. I love it. I'm sorry. I love you, Frank. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. I
10: 777-789-2539. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host today. Make sure you call 877-789-2539. I will be taking your calls throughout the third hour. A couple more stories I want to cover while the crew screen some of these calls coming in. Some great stories from Infowars.com. We the Exploited, the US government buys and sells its citizens for profit and power. Americans have become easy prey for hackers, scammers, snitches, spies, and con artists. This article goes on to say that if you have been to a political rally, a town hall, or just fit a demographic, a campaign is after, chances are good that your movements are being tracked with unnerving accuracy by data vendors on the payroll of campaigns. Basically, we know that everything you do on the Internet is tracked by somebody But it's just sort of now that we're getting to this point where the government has really started to exploit that data in an explicit way. We know that the government has sort of covertly monitored our actions ever since the onset of the Patriot Act after 9-11. But now we're seeing it really happen in an explicit way by campaigns and government agencies themselves. On a daily basis, Americans have been made to relinquish the most intimate details of who we are, our biological makeup, our genetic blueprints, and our biometrics, facial characteristics, and structure, fingerprints, iris scans, etc., in order to navigate an increasingly technologically enabled world. I don't know if you guys have ever looked into what the technology is behind the face scans on your face that unlock your phone but it is alarming so have you ever noticed that whether you grow a beard or whether you're wearing your glasses or whether you're not wearing your glasses your phone still seems to successfully unlock how is it that when your face actually looks different or as we age our phones still recognize our face as it changes or if it's in a different environment or if we have a different outfit on well the fact of the matter is because every like 30 seconds or so your phone does A random facial scan if you actually look on your phone you'll see that there's a camera let's see i'll just put my phone here there's a camera and the next to the camera there's a little sort of light dot and so you can buy these covers that cover up your phone camera so that people can't watch what you're doing but it often doesn't cover up that infrared dot that's actually doing the face scan so if you look at footage of how these face scans work work it's not just this picture being taken of your face but it's actually a series of dots like pixelated dots almost like the 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 point guy from uh all the acupuncture all over his face from whatever horror movie that was from the 90s hell yeah pinhead that's right like pinhead the dots flash on your face and that's how they scan your face and turn it into data points so every 30 seconds or every minute or every five minutes when we're looking on our phone there's a scan happening even if your camera's covered up of your face and it's informing how the phone understands who you are whether you're the person that actually owns the device and social media companies can use this data this technology to actually monitor our facial expressions our eye movement as we scroll through TikTok videos or Instagram reels or YouTube shorts to determine what content we like in order to inform the algorithm to ensure that they show us the stickiest content the most often so that we stay on the platforms for as long as possible and then consequently they can monetize advertisers more. The more users stay on these platforms, the more money that they can make off of the advertisers because there's more ad placements being seen making impressions. And that's why these social media companies did so well throughout the course of the pandemic, because while everyone was on lockdown, stuck at home, they were spending astronomical amounts of time on these social media platforms. Stock went up through the roof for the likes of Facebooks and Instagrams and Twitters and other companies that monetize our presence or user base using this, these platforms And then, of course, after the pandemic was over, they had mass layoffs because everybody went back to work or most people went back to work and weren't using social media in the same way that they were using it during the pandemic. So this data is being stored and it's for sale. They can sell it to any third party, whether you want to run an email campaign to anybody with an insurance license for whatever reason, or you want to run a campaign to people within a certain socioeconomic status for real estate poaching. Whatever you want to do, you can buy this data from third-party vendors. And it's not just a list of names and email addresses of random people, but you can basically niche down the data on a list that you want based on any parameters you want. So I want want people who drive a Jeep – And are small business owners likely to vote for conservatives in Utah, but not affiliated with the Church of the Latter-day Saints? You can niche down and buy a list like that. And campaigns have figured that out. The government has figured that out. And they're purchasing this data and tracking it. Community purchase data can reveal sensitive and intimate information about the personal attributes, private behavior, social connections, and speech of U.S. persons and non-U.S. persons. It can be misused to pry into private lives, ruin reputations, and cause emotional distress and threaten the safety of individuals, even subject to appropriate controls. CAI, this is commercially available information, can increase the power of the government's ability to peer into private lives to levels that may exceed our constitutional traditions or other social expectations. So we see that this data, it's too late. I mean, the, the, the gate is open. We can't become private again. Now it's broken. Pandora's box is open. We can't become anonymous anymore unless we just like buy all new devices and get completely off of the grid And even so, that would be difficult because of all the technology. I mean, we know that the government can even activate the microphone on your phone if your phone is turned off. If your battery is dead, your microphone is still picking up whatever sound is happening in the room. If you go into a SCIF, you can't bring a device in even if the battery is removed because the technology is frankly there for all of that information to be taken. So even if you think that you're safe and you get all new devices and you have all anonymous accounts and you turn off all the cameras... There's definitely a device in your home that's picking up everything you say, whether it's your smart TV, whether it's your refrigerator for that matter, or your car when you get in your car, recording everything through the steering wheel microphone that's typically supposed to be used for Bluetooth. This is the future. The future is a future in which there is no privacy. And even if the laws protect your privacy, it could just be covertly violated by the intelligence community because we know that there's no checks and balances for this fourth branch of government. And they don't even want your data. Now we're seeing reports that they want your blood and DNA itself. I know many people have been reluctant to do DNA tests like 23andMe, which are a lot of fun, frankly, to see where your DNA comes from, what your real heritage is, whether or not you may have a brother or a sister that you didn't know about. I've heard stories of that among personal acquaintances. But now they want your blood itself. It doesn't matter if you sign up for 23andMe. They're actually stealing the data of your newborns, according to a new report here. New Jersey is sued for secretly harvesting blood from newborns without consent from the parents. The Institute for Justice, IJ, has filed a lawsuit against the state of New Jersey, alleging that a secret government program is allowing for the harvesting and saving of newborn blood without the knowledge or consent of the baby's parents, this for up to 23 years. So whenever a child is born in New Jersey, the state government can collect and use DNA from the blood samples for any reason without informed consent from parents, according to the IJ. According to the IJ, the state of New Jersey can do pretty much anything at once with newborn blood for 23 years, including selling it to third parties, giving it to law enforcement without a warrant, or even selling it to the Pentagon to create a registry as previously happened in Texas. Quote, parents should Not have to worry if the state is going to use the blood it said it was taking from their baby to test for diseases for other unrelated purposes. So they don't just want your data. They don't just want your vote. They don't just want your tax dollars. They want your blood itself. So when people make fun of Alex Jones for saying these people are demonic vampires, it's actually true. They're actually sucking the blood, the life force out of you, and they're using it to perpetuate their deep state sort of new world order surveillance. And the thing is, if they have this DNA, what does that mean in 20 years when your baby grows up and they need a patsy for a crime and the state has your DNA or your kid's DNA? What if they want to blame a crime that your son or your daughter didn't commit on them And they have the DNA data to do it. They can plant the DNA. They can create the fake hair, the fake molecules to put on a crime scene. And then all of a sudden you're faced with a conviction because the DNA evidence is in for a crime that you didn't commit all because the state, without your consent, took and stored your DNA data at your birth. They don't want to just issue a social security card to you at birth anymore so they can monitor you. They want to also take that which is... Yours more than anything else, your very the very code that is your makeup, the very code that God made you with, so they can use it against you down the road. Stay with us more on the other side.
3: We have not had this many of our best-selling products back in stock in years because of supply chain breakdowns and all the rest of the stuff that's gone on, and these are game-changing products. Like, our information's game-changing. These products are incredible, and I'm personally glad that these are now back in stock. All three of the InfoWars Platinum flagship products that have been sold out for months are now back in stock, but a very limited run because we only had a budget to get three or 4,000 bottles of each one of these. I think we've got 4,000 bottles of the HGH Max Boost that people love so much. We've got about 4,000 bottles of 1776 Testosterone Boost that just came in. And we've got about 3,000 bottles of Pain MD, incredible natural Pain reliever situation. All three of these are back in stock and they're incredible and they fund our operation at Infowarsstore.com.